If you are sitting at home next to your radio, you're hearing the music faster than you are if you're in the hall. Listening for the secret. Searching for the sound. This is The Sound Podcast with Ira Haberman. been listening to Organ Fairchild and their cover of the Grateful Dead's He's Gone. If you've never heard of Organ Fairchild, there's no better time than right now to start. 
This Buffalo-based Oregon trio recently released their sophomore record, Leisure Suit, and just finished playing at the Borderland Festival, where they were joined on stage by fellow Buffalonian Mike Ganser of Aqueous. I caught up with guitarist David Ruck to talk about all things Oregon Fairchild before the aforementioned Borderland Festival. One more thing, I referred to the new record as Leisure Suite, but it's called Leisure Suit. Have a listen. You're out of Buffalo, and it's a town that I'm very familiar with, having um, been there numerous times for cross-border shopping with with my family or just going to Duff's on my own in university, going there and back <laughs> in one night. Um, so it's a town yeah. I'm, I'm fairly familiar with, um, and I'm fairly familiar with the music scene, obviously having seen so many shows at the town ballroom, at Darien, and, and at various other venues around town. Um, but Oregon Fairchild is a fairly new outfit, and I'm curious to get from you uh, the origin story of, of Oregon Fairchild. Sure. Um, the, the It's a three-piece band. The three of us have known each other since we figured 1983. Uh, we started out... <clears throat> We met um, as members of a Grateful Dead cover band back in the early 80s. And uh, that band played around Buffalo for years and years. And and um, it's probably the first Grateful Dead, you know, now there's five Grateful Dead cover bands and tribute bands, whatever you want to call them, in every town. Um, that was probably the, it was definitely the first one in our area. Um, and started out with high school friends that would come see us. And then it just sort of grew from there. But that was a really fun band called Wild Nights, Nights with a K. Mm -hmm. We thought that was we thought that was real clever when we were 17 or 18. Um, and so uh, the three of us played in that band with three other guys for, like I said, all through the 80s and then part of the 90s. Um, then we all went our separate ways, you know, we all kept in touch and, and did various little one-off musical projects over the years, but around, uh, 2019, the three of us that are currently in Oregon Fairchild, so Corey Curtsy, Joe Belanti, and myself, we had been hired by a friend of ours named Dave Teal to play as a four piece. And so Dave left the bandstand to go use the bathroom or order some food or something. And the three of us were left on stage. And we just kind of started fiddling around with something and playing. And again, like knowing these guys for so long, playing together has always been real, felt real comfortable. And as the three of us were playing, um, it just kind of dawned on me that like, I bet, I bet the three of us could pull off a band. So instrumentation wise, none of us play the bass. So we had Joe plays keys, Corey's the drummer, I play guitar. So, um, my brain started thinking about the old organ trios from the the 1960s, you know, mm -hmm. um, where the organ player actually covers the bass parts with his or her left hand and plays organ with the right hand. And uh, just whatever that little piece of music was we played that night, I don't even know what it was. Um, it just got my wheels turning. Like, I bet this could be a complete band with just the three of us. And it'd be so fun and so easy because we all just love each other and have known each other for so long. So that's kind of the origin story. So in, in uh, very late 2019, we got together and we started uh, working out some original music that I had in my head. Uh, never had a vehicle to uh, do anything with it. And everybody else started bringing their own music to it. And by early 2020, we were a band and we had our first two and a half gigs. Um, our our very first gig was a month before the COVID shutdowns. Oh, wow. And it, we had this great start. We had this roaring start. And um, 
you know, Jennifer from the Borderland Festival called us the very next day after our first gig. She said four different people have contacted me saying, I got to have you guys at the festival. So we we had this great, really wonderful start. And then we had a couple other really fun gigs. We had opened for Melvin Seals like two days before the shutdowns. Um, and then, you know, what happened from there. So <laughs> it's been a, a long time coming back from all that for all of us, for all musicians, obviously, and concert goers. Um, but that's that's kind of the beginnings of the band. Um, it's it's a great story that you know you've be, been able to reclaim this project or or start this project anew. Um, in 2021, you released uh, an album, Brood in Buffalo, and and that really started the accolades rolling in, right? I mean, it really was Brood in Buffalo where people started to to know more about you and 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 hear your story at that at that point. I'd say so. Yeah. Um, people like Ira Haberman picked up uh, the song Seepin and, and used it for various uh, little promo things. And, mm -hmm. and we started to see our, our, our music spreading around. And that's the biggest thrill, you know, because you, you live with it and you spend so much time on it, but you have no perspective on, on how it's going to be interpreted by anyone else, you know? And so, and especially, you know, 2021, we weren't doing a lot of live performing. We were getting out and doing some of those kind of drive-in things and the socially distanced things. But um, putting that album out was kind of the first real um, feedback that we, we would get from outside of our kind of region here in Buffalo. Mm -hmm. Uh, and then and then gigs started to happen mostly between Buffalo and Rochester and Syracuse, right? I mean, that's that's sort of the the route that you guys took, similar to Mo, if I if I dare say, but very similar to the, to those. You know, there's three great towns to play in, and and so they're you know within three hours of each other. Why, why not play them as often? Rochester too, yeah. Why not play them as as much as you can, right? That's exactly right. Yeah. And we're all very well known here in Buffalo just because we've been around the music scene here for 40 some years. And so we're very well supported in this area um, right out of the gate. But yeah, go to go to Syracuse, which is about um, two, two and a half hours from here. Uh, that's a different story. You know, uh, you're you're basically starting from scratch and building a fan base. Rochester's kind of halfway in between. So, you know, we, we started out with a bit of a fan base there. But um, yeah, that was that was the route. And you mentioned the Mo guys. You know, we we grew up playing a place in Buffalo called Broadway Joe's with those guys. Uh, they were getting their start at the time. My current wife was actually dating Al from Mo at the time. Oh wow! So that we, Corey and Joe and I from Morgan Fairchild, were playing in a band with Vinny, the drummer of Mo, um, every Thursday night for about seven years here in Buffalo. So the, the, those two bands, you know, there was a lot of cross-pollination there. And what a great story they they became. And, and they were smart. They 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 started hitting the road when they were in their 20s. <laughs> you yeah, know, we're, yeah, all, yeah. we're all, let's say, considerably older than that. Um, but grizzled gosh, veterans yeah. we'll say grizzled veterans we won't you know, you we won't call you old or anything like that um right. that's interesting i didn't know that story so that's that's amazing that i picked that out of my uh, rear end um that's that's incredible um so so you have this album uh obviously covid is over you've been gigging a lot you played borderlands last year i believe um the first one that i missed in many years and unfortunately i have to miss this one as well but having uh -oh. said that um uh, you're playing a lot and you've sort of branched out. You're not just what we would call a regional act anymore. You really have started to play other places and 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 get good reaction to, to your music in other places, right? 
Yeah, that's been really, um, that's been a thrill. This this spring, we got to go out to Summer Camp Music Festival in Illinois, which is uh, Mo and Umphreys McGee's big festival. Um, and we, uh, I'm not even sure how, but we were lucky enough to get four sets at that festival. So we played in the VIP tent. We played a couple um, sets on different stages. We did a, a late night thing with some other, with Tim Palmieri from Lotus and Vinny and Janice Wallen playing bass. Um, so that was a really fun experience. And now we're going back out to the Midwest at the end of September, early October to kind of revisit um, that area and 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 hopefully see some of those same people again, you know, and make some new friends. Let's talk a bit about Leisure Suite, the new album that's out September uh, 9th. Uh, September 8th, yeah. 8th, September 8th. Well, it will be out September 9th, but it comes out September 8th. <laughs> right. um, uh, let's talk a bit about it because um, the influence is wide and varied. And even though you are an organ trio and, and certainly would be comfortable in jazz and um, R&B settings, I think it's it's a little more than that. You know, I hear Booker T and the MGs. I, I hear all kinds of um, obvious, obvious influences. Um, how, how do these songs come about? And, and are you specifically just looking to play or the, these songs come out of jams? Like how, how does it all come together on, on, on wax or on this case on tape? Yeah. Uh, well, what you're hearing in, on this new album, Leisure Suit is um, kind of uh, condensed versions of what you would hear us do live with our first record brooded in Buffalo. We made our approach was like, let's play these songs on the recording exactly like we play them live. So the songs are like eight, 10 minutes long, some of them uh, on that first recording. So on this new recording, uh, it was our goal to um, just present the songs themselves. Uh, there's some short soloing in there, um, but present the songs as what they are. And then with the understanding that when we play live, they are vehicles for improvisation and, and the songs can go any number of different ways. In terms of uh, how the material comes about for us, it it tends to it, it, we've had songs develop a number of different ways but it tends to be uh, one person brings in an idea and presents it to the group and inevitably once the other two guys get a hold of it and and add their personalities to it it becomes something bigger and better than what it was uh, when when it was first brought in and that's been the case with just about every song. Uh, there is one song on the album we, that we kind of created on the fly while we were recording. We recorded uh, with Justin Guip, who is a, a wonderful musician and also producer. He plays drums with Hot Tuna. Um, well, I guess this is their final electric tour right now, yeah. so he won't be playing drums with them too much longer. But he was the engineer at Levon Helms Barn uh, when they were making those Grammy winning albums in Levon's later years. Mm -hmm. um, so he's got a number of Grammys on his wall you know, when you walk into his studio. And man, he's just uh, he's just great to work with. So we had. You know, we had we went in with eight songs that we definitely knew we wanted to do to cut and we were ready to do it. And then we had this ninth song that was just a germ of an idea. And so we finished recording the eight songs and he says, well, let's hear this other one, you know. So we played it and he just kind of sat there and he was like, yeah, that's not really a song. <laughs> <laughs> that's not, not really a, not really a fully developed idea and we were like right exactly we just like you know we could use some just some input or just like uh you know some help thinking of it yeah. how, you know how do we take this and and make it into something and so he just 
man, like so organically, it was just like, well, why don't you try, you know, let's slow it down. Uh, let's do a droning bass thing first. Let's do this. And within literally within like 10 minutes of him getting his hands on it, it was a completely different thing that was just so much better uh, than anything we had envisioned. And by the time I didn't even think, I didn't even realize he had snuck down to the control room and pressed the record button. I didn't oh. even realize that had happened. So I kind of just thought we were just sort of playing with ideas, but what we were actually doing was recording this, what ends up being the song, which is called uh, Rusty Barge on the album. And he's literally, by the time we're halfway into it, he's down on his hands and knees uh, playing with my reverb pedal and my delay pedals and just dialing the sounds he wanted to hear. And he's kind of directing each person as we're playing. And uh, so that's that's one that's that's an example of a song that did not come about through our regular method. And we're all thrilled with it. And that again, that was actually about 10 minutes of audio that we recorded and we wished we could have put the whole thing on there. But, um, you know, especially doing vinyl now. Yeah. Um, you know, you really you really have a time limit of about 44 or 45 minutes. Right. Right. So, which for again for us live that could be four songs <laughs> or five songs so uh yeah we 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 had justin take that 10 minutes of of sort of us playing and he edited it down into a five minute really cool thing the other cool thing on this record and it's a song that you didn't write although you have reimagined it is he's gone by the grateful dad and what's interesting about it is um, you don't hear it at first and then the hook comes in and then it's fairly obvious what you're playing was that was that purposeful? What was what was the thinking behind a covering "He's Gone," which is an emblematic song, and and everybody who's a Deadhead or knows the Grateful Dead knows that song. Um, but what was the choice in in playing that song and 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 um, making it your own in the way that you have? Um, we worked that up for. We are doing what has now become an annual show here in Buffalo, which is where we do a whole night of of Grateful Dead music, but in our instrumental organ trio format. So no singing, no bass player, um, which forces you to want to reimagine the tunes. If you just try to play them the way you're used to hearing the Grateful Dead play them, and we've all done that over the years in, in different cover bands, um, it, it doesn't, you know, you need to you need to come up with a, a creative arrangement that's going to work in the trio format and also bring something hopefully new to the table. Yeah. So with he's gone, um, I just was was fooling around with the with the guitar part one day, um, and just I mean, kind of purposely thinking I want to do something different with this too, and I don't want to just do it as the way they did it. And I just, it just this sort of like more upbeat, funkier thing just kind of was, is what came down. And as I started to play the melody against it, it was like, oh yeah, this could work. So then again, it's, a, it's that same scenario where I brought it to those guys. And by the time the three of them, the three of us, you know, started playing it together, then we got into that cool thing where, you know, uh, we go into that sort of three quarter time thing on the bridge. Um, and so it just kind of developed from there. But it, I, I would say, you know, it was an intentional, um, you know, let's find a new way into this song, which is so such a fun thing to do with Grateful Dead music, because there are so many other ways to go into those songs. You know, there are now uh, bona fide jazz musicians uh, taking on that catalog and doing really cool things with it. Totally. Um, there are points in the record, I think in Wood Turner is, is what I think of, there seems to be 
and maybe I'm I'm just dreaming of this up because I want it to be, but there seems to be reminiscent there's some some playing reminiscent of like an eyes of the world jam somewhere like there's and, and maybe i'm maybe i'm off um but there there seems to be listen like uh you played in you played in a dead cover band you listen to a lot of grateful dead it's probably ho- happening by osmosis but is that is that something that you're you're aware of or is it something that just happens when you're when you're playing like like and i'm not saying ripping off by any by any stretch of the imagination i'm just saying based on or you know um because the grateful dead covered themselves so many times too right so i'm I'm just curious about you know is that stuff seeping in and are you aware that it's seeping in i think we're not aware we do hear people occasionally ask us like oh you know when you started that one of our one of the tunes on the new album is called glad you're here it was written by Corey, uh the drummer and when people you know, people will say to us after a show you know when you started that song i thought you were doing eyes of the world oh sorry yeah and so that's where we go, oh, right. Yeah, I guess there is some similarity there with the rhythm. Um, so yeah, no, those aren't those aren't things we do intentionally. It's more like you said, it just this stuff has seeped into us. And so it comes out in, in funny way or in in ways that we don't even notice sometimes. What's next for this this group? I mean, it's 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 not you're, it's a side hustle, I would imagine, for for you guys. It's not a full is it a full-time enterprise or is it more of a side hustle? It's not a full-time thing. Uh, Joe has a, a day job, a very conventional day job. Corey is a woodworker, so he has more flexibility to do this band uh, kind of as much or as little as we get as we uh, are able to. And for myself, I'm a, I've been a full-time musician for 20, 20 no, 31 years, since wow. 1992. Um, but my day job is going into schools and doing educational music programs with kids. So I travel around the state and beyond doing that stuff during the school year. But again, that, that gives me the flexibility to, you know, if if we have a 10 day tour, like this summer, we were able to go out for 10 days straight, which we'd never done before. So we all have the flexibility to be doing that. But yeah, no, it's not anybody's Oregon Fairchild is not anybody's full time job. Not yet. Um just quickly before I let you go, the name is so brilliant, and obviously it's a play on on Morgan Fairchild. Were you trying to come up with cute names like that, or did you know that you needed to have organ in it so to sort of announce what kind of band you were? How how did the name come about? Yeah, we we felt like we wanted to have the word organ in there because it's such an organ centric band, um, and so our first thought, my my first thought was Oregon Freeman. Um, <laughs> Right. And only to find out that there's a band out of L.A., an organ trio called Organ Freeman that's already taken that name. So then we were just batting around other suggestions. And there are a lot of Dom ones, you know, organ trail and organ uh, organ donation and, and <laughs> all, all kinds of things. Um, and we just stumbled on Oregon Fairchild, which is, of course, uh, after someone that at least a few of us had a poster of on our walls when we were when we were adolescents, Morgan Fairchild. Uh, it's funny when um, you can sort of tell somebody's age by how they react to the right. name of the song. Cause the younger people that were meeting all the young jam band kids, like they have no reference to what the name, they still like the name, it's a, yeah. uh, but they have no reference whatsoever, you know? Yeah. And we ended up about a, a year and a half ago, a friend of mine just one day out of the blue sent me a video on Facebook and he said, Hey, I think you're going to want to see this. It was a video of Morgan Fairchild, the real Morgan Fairchild, shouting out Oregon Fairchild. And it turned out he had used one of those uh, 
services like Cameo or one right. of those where you can hire a celebrity to do a little shout out. So <laughs> they hire without us knowing they hired Morgan Fairchild to and, and she spent like a minute on camera saying, you know, congratulations on winning best jam band in New York State. And, uh, you know, I hope you, your tour gets you out to California because I really want to jam with you guys when you're <laughs> here. Um, so that's it's you know it's having it come full circle and we almost thought oh no you know now we're going to get the cease and desist letter from her people right, right. but um that never happened she seemed to get a genuine kick out of it which is great yeah and adolescent dreams do come true maybe um <laughs> <laughs> right to jam um, with Oregon Fairchild Morgan Fairchild you have a bunch of dates coming up in September and October and if people want to find out more about um Leisure Suite or or the band itself organfairchild.com is the best place to check you guys out but really you're a band that needs to be seen live i imagine and um and hopefully more people will do that kudos um um for for spent taking the time and and um um and doing this i mean it's 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 a really cool project and, and we, we wish you nothing but success oh thank you so much ira i appreciate you taking the time and and one of the things i've always liked about uh your interviews with musicians is you've obviously really listened to the music um, which is not always the case when you hear when you hear a musician getting interviewed. And so uh, appreciate, you know, uh, your attention to it all and and what you do for the community. Thanks. Thanks so much. Thanks. Thanks for taking the time. And we'll have to uh, we'll have to hit you up next time we're at Duff's, um, whether we're Abs in town, for a show, whether we're in town for a show or not. Um, you know, Miller Sport Highway and Sheridan Drive is is close to my heart. So <laughs> see, okay, so Corey grew up a block from there. Oh wow! And I I grew up uh, less than two miles from there. So that that Sheridan Drive and Miller's Port um, location of Duff's, which is the original location, yeah, is the it, that's that's the epicenter for us. Cool. Uh, and and I'm glad you haven't succumbed to the Anchor Bar uh, myth. Looks like you've maybe tried it. No, it's Anchor a Bar. It's fine. It's it's fine. It's passable. It's not. Yeah. Those who know know, and those who pretend say that the anchor bar is better, but it's not. <laughs> it's not the case. Um, thanks so much, dude. Really appreciate it, and continued success with this. And we can't wait to see where it goes. Thank you so much. Be well. Cheers. You too. Great stuff from David Rock and his band Organ Fairchild. For more information on New York's top emerging band in 2021, check out organfairchild.com. Before we leave you, have a listen to the title track from Oregon Fairchild's latest release. Here is Leisure Suit.
You've been listening to The Sound Podcast. Technical production by Adam Karsh and Andrea Ruse. Inspired by the music we love. For more, visit thesoundpodcast.com.